Welcome to Pop Tarts. They move them in. I'm Emily. I'm Callie. We're both editors at Bust Magazine here in Brooklyn, New York. And for this very special episode of Pop-Tarts, we are going to play a segment from our very first live show. We recorded it this past weekend at the Northside Festival in Brooklyn, which is kind of like, if you're not familiar with it, it's like South by Southwest for Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, we were so psyched to be asked to do our very first live show there as part of the Northside Festival. And we decided that we were going to talk about TNT's new show, Claws, which is about a bunch of nail techs in South Florida who want to advance their nail business, but because they're low on cash, they resort to illegal activities to raise their funds. You thought you was going to skip a couple steps, huh, bitch? Look at you. You nothing but a tossed out, pamphlet, junior, Okeechobee, cocksucker of the month with your skankroid ass hanging out your clothes. I gave you a chance, bitch. Out the kindness of my heart, I taught you a train for fuck's sake, and this is how you think. This is how you think her? I can help y'all, Des. I don't need your help. I'm kind of shit. Yeah, we don't need your help. Claus sponsored the event, right? TNT sponsored the event. So while we were on stage, at Kinfolk 90 doing our show, there were actually girls getting their nails done in the venue. Yep. And our special guests for this live show were Maria Ortiz, who's the queen of nails in New Jersey. She's the New Jersey nail queen. And she came with a posse of a dozen women who have extremely long nails, all of whom are her nail clients. Like SWV Coco long nails. The longest of the long. Curlin. Curlin nails. We know these women because a year ago, Bust Magazine did a photo essay on the sisterhood of women with extremely long nails and how they all gather at Maria Ortiz's salon in New Jersey and how their love of long nails translated into actually this very deep sisterhood among them. So when we saw this show, Claws, on TNT... We wanted to ask real-life nail ladies about what they thought of the show. So in this first segment of the podcast, you're going to listen to excerpts from our live show at the Northside Festival. Mm -hmm. And then for the second half, because we didn't really get a a lot of time to talk about what we were watching, we're going to do our Whatcha Watching segment here in the booth, and we're going to give each other the rundown of what we've been watching. So here we go with... The live episode from the Northside Festival talking about claws on TNT. Don't treat us like little pussy babies. American scandals. That's sex worker to you, Uncle Daddy. Girl, I think this outfit may be too much for the daylight. Hello! And welcome to Pop I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We're both editors at Bust Magazine for Women here in Brooklyn, New York. And Pop-Tarts is our magazine's podcast where we talk about badass women in pop culture. Thank you guys for coming. (laughs) I want to give shout-outs to everybody that came from New Jersey. Yeah, thanks to our New Jersey nail crew. We invited this amazing crew of nail goddesses today because the subject of our podcast is going to be Claws, the new show on TNT. 
It's all about nails, and these ladies know a shitload about nails. Can you fly? Throw them up, throw them up, throw them up. Throw them up. For those of you listening at home, if you Google bust.com and extreme nails, you will see gorgeous portraits of the women we have as guests of ours today that we took last year for a story about their amazing sisterhood of glamorous nails and how they were all brought together by the undisputed nail queen of New Jersey, Maria Ortiz. Come on up. Nail queen. Nail queen in the house. So we asked Maria to come with her crew today because as soon as I saw, we were actually able to catch the first few episodes of Claws that's coming out officially tomorrow. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, we need to talk to Nail Queen Maria about this show because it's, who's more qualified to talk about amazing women bringing trick, making their tricked out nail dreams come true by any means necessary than Maria. Thank you for inviting me. Welcome girls. Welcome everybody. (laughs) So to set the scene for Claws. This show stars Niecy Nash. Do you remember Niecy Nash from Reno 911? She had the big fake butt. It's good times. And then uh, Karuchi Tran. I first heard about her from Chris Brown lore. Yeah, I was really impressed with her in this show. Yeah. I didn't know. I've never seen her act. Didn't know that she was an actress. I thought she was like a She's a stylist and a model. And I heard about her because when that whole... Chris Brown, Rihanna thing happened in the car. He was actually dating Karuchi Tran at the time. So it was real life drama. And she's in the show and she's really good. Yes. I I liked her performance. I liked her nails. Uh, Definitely. (laughs) Most importantly. Yes, yes. And I can actually identify with her in a lot of scenes that I saw there. This is like a sister. I could see her struggles and her sisterhood. I really liked that. Yeah. It also stars Carrie Preston. Do you guys remember her in True Blood? She is like the redheaded waitress in True Blood. Did any of you guys watch that show on HBO? She's in it also as one of the nail ladies. And then Jen Leone um, plays someone named Jen, conveniently. <laughs> and then uh, Judy Reyes, who's from Jane the Virgin and Scrubs, kills it as Quiet Anne, who's like the most guapo lesbian. Uh, security. She was in Jane the Virgin? Yeah. I, I was wondering where she looked and familiar, scrubs. but I've only seen like one Jane the Virgin. And so the thing that's really cool about this ensemble cast is it's a, it's similar I would say <laughs> it's similar I would say to um, <laughs> yes. Orange is the New Black where you have an effortlessly diverse cast. I know that when Orange is the New Black first came out, we were like, why can't we have more shows that are set, that center women that talk about women's stories and that are diverse without having to force it or be like stupid about it. You know what I mean? So after Orange is the New Black there, it became so popular because I don't know about you guys, but like as female pop culture consumers, we're hungry for that in our pop culture. And so we voted with our eyeballs by making Orange is the New Black really great. And now we have another show that has an effortlessly diverse cast talking about things that are badass Namely being, they're a bunch of nail techs, they have big nail dreams, 
They need cash to make them happen. And this draws them into a life of crime. Can we talk about how I love it's in a shopping mall? Like, it's in a strip mall in yeah. South Florida. So, like, half of the bullshit happens at one end of the strip mall. And the other ladies are like, we're just low-key over here in our shop. But they have to deal with all the shit on the other end of the strip mall. That's yeah. some not New York shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We don't have strip... Do you guys have strip malls in, in the part of New Jersey where your nail shop is? No, we don't. It's just an <laughs> avenue and it's busy and people coming in. And they know I do long nails, so the girls be like, oh, you do, can I use How do people nails? find you to, to go get nails? Done? Well, um, word of mouth, a lot of word of mouth. And I'm over Facebook, Instagram, um, Marie Ortiz, Long Nail Divas. And um, ooh, word of mouth, ooh. I started it. Have you had to put a spinner on someone's nails yet? Not yeah, yet. fidget spinner nails <laughs> is something that we've seen recently, and we thought of you. A, a spinning? You know those you know, fidget spinners that the kids are playing with in school? Do you guys oh, know I what fidget that. spinners yes. are? No, no. Someone's making you tiny like, little fidget spinners the size yes. that you can put on a nail. I saw that. I'm going to get into it, and I'll send you a picture. <laughs> What's the wildest nail like situation? I mean... You've done some wild nails, but has anybody been like, I need a moving caterpillar on my nail or some shit? Like some wild shit. Um, I was, what was it? I did an interview for another magazine, and I had drawn a street, and I, I got some Hot Wheels cars, and I pasted them on Luna. And you I think that was the nails? most unique ones. And I she had like it. 20... Little cars in there, and that was so amazing. Oh, that's amazing. It was I amazing. And she had the long nails for it. I loved it. Oh, I love it. So, okay. uh, yeah. Back to the show. Sorry. I get distracted. <laughs> Another character that I need to mention that's on this show, do you guys remember Breaking Bad? I watched Breaking Bad, and I often, during that show, wish there was more women in it. Yeah. And then I feel like I, I got into three episodes of this show. And by the time I got to the third episode, I was like, this is a nail lady breaking bad situation oh, shit, happening yeah. right here. And to make it even more that way, that dude, um, Dean Norris, who played Uncle Hank in Breaking Bad, is in this show as a character named Uncle Daddy. Oh my God, Uncle Daddy was so good. He Uncle is, Daddy <laughs> is like a flamboyant, he's like a gay uh, crime. Underlord. I think he's bi. I don't think he's gay. He's a polymorphously perverse. Yeah, I think he's an all-around. Crime he has a king fluid, king. a fluid, well-dressed, ex- yeah. like extravagant man. In the he's first, yeah, in the first episode, he's it's New Year's Eve, and he's like caressing a, a young man in bondage gear. Yes, he does. He's scandalous. <laughs> and he eats a bad oyster, spits it out, says this tastes like a dead hooker's cervix right. and then hit someone in the head with a champagne bottle. First of all, A, I was like, that's sex worker to you, Uncle Daddy. And then, second of all, B, I was like, so that's the kind of show that we're talking about Yeah, it was right like now. right out the gate. I was like, And then in the second episode, he presided over the craziest funeral I've ever seen on screen yes, in was. the history of time. He sang Elvis. There were pole dancers at the funeral. There was twerking at the funeral. Have you seen that funeral where, like, the dude just gets, like, propped up, smoking a blunt? Yeah, there's, like, a... I've seen a lot of stuff on... It's, like, that kind of funeral. On 
Is it fa- just like generally on the internet where people are getting funerals where they pose the body doing the thing that they love the most? That's what my best friend Christian wants me to put his body in plexiglass and keep it in my living room. It's not appropriate. Well, not like let it rot, but he just wants to get like hanging out and then in a glass box so that like people come come over. What's that? That was my best friend. <laughs> but having the dude who plays Uncle Hank being so wild in this show definitely gives it the flavor of like an all women's Breaking Bad situation. It really does. He makes that twist. Yes. Can we talk about the color, the saturation and the style? Like just the cinematography of the whole thing that it's everything is very bright blue. Bright colors, everything pops. The outfits all pop. There's nothing low-key about any scene. Right. And so I wanted to bring it to you as a nail professional, Maria. Okay. So in, in the spinoff to Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, they use a nail salon as a way to launder money. On this show, they use a nail salon to launder money. Why does your profession have such an underworld rep, and is it well-earned? Well, you know, a lot of people don't take it seriously. And I, first of all, I got to give, as a matter of fact, let's give a high applause to all these nail techs in here that came out today. Woo! I nail respect techs. them. Thank you, guys. Yes. Um, Making art. You know, a lot of people be like, there's no money doing nails, and they don't take it serious. They think we're a joke or whatnot. And I said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm living off of it. I'm living good. I'm not rich, but it pays my bills. And I love what I do. You know? So, and it's like, I have the whole crew to show. Lonel Goddess is right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love them. I love them. I just want to stare at your nails all day. <laughs> oh, my God. And another cat. thing about the show that made me think about you particularly is my favorite part of the article that we wrote about you in Bust Magazine last year was when... You said, my clients are my sisters, my girlfriends, my everything. That's right. And now I'm like a therapist, a mother, and everything to them. Yes. And there's definitely that vibe in the show, that the relationship between a woman who's getting, like, really super amazing nails done, the time that it takes to do that is going to forge a lot of relationships. And the relationships between the nail techs is really the focus of the show right now. But... You've got, obviously, you've got this whole posse that you roll with that's so gorgeous and amazing that Thank come you. with you. Thank you. Tell us about the special, unique relationship with, between nail techs and the nail, nail artists and their clients that is reflected in the show. Um, you know what? Overall, it's just the everyday struggle. You know, you get up in the morning and um, coming down the stairs and I need to have this positive... Um, I can I tell you attitude even though I'm sad I'm having whatever personal in my house and I talk to them and they talk to me so all of this just goes away and it's just like a brand new day for me every day is a different day um, I meet new people every day um, I don't know I, I, love, I love my job I love my girls I couldn't do it without them and they couldn't be here because of me so, so thank you I appreciate like- that <laughs> Seems like like uh, all those movies like Barbershop and stuff, you know, where it's like the bond between the hairstylist and the lady or the hairstylist and the dude. Like, you because you go to that person every month. You go to that person so often that you like 
We become family. Yes. yes. How yes. often do your they probably see you more you? than they see their cousins? Or I like, see them. Unless you're lucky and see your cousin all the time. I see them every two to three weeks. So it's every like a bond, and, and it's like from one year it becomes two, three, four. I have clients all my 19 years that I've been doing nails, you know, and and it's just become a sisterhood. It's bond, and I know their family. I go over their picnics. They go over mines. It's just a beautiful sisterhood, and it's not for everybody, and I understand that. But I know it's for me and my girls. Yes. One of you guys called me yesterday, I believe, from your salon to tell me that you had seen the show and you were into it because the relationship between nail ladies is different than the relationship that you have with your hairdresser or anybody else. Who was it that called me yesterday to talk it out? Is it one of you guys or... You make that mic look so much better. <laughs> okay, my mic sounds right. Check one. Okay. Yes. Hi, long nail goddesses. Hey. Hi. Hey. I just want to say it's an honor and privilege to be here to support Maria. That's number one. We are so honored to be here with Pop-Tarts. We're so honored to have done Bus Magazine. And these girls here are like serious sisters here. So this is real stuff for us. We, we live, how do we say ladies? We live LOL. We live our life out loud. Yes. Our nails are our extension of who we are. But, uh, you know, yeah, she does remind me of Niecy Nash's character because she is definitely that mother. She's supportive. She lends in whatever, whatever you need, she gives you. And, and in turn, I hope that we give it back to you. So we love you, sweetie. Aww, so she definitely you. is the Niecy Nash mother handle cry. kick ass wah wah watch type chick. Here you go. <laughs> and as a member of the long nail community, you saw the episode. Yes, it was very deep. And how do you feel it reflects your community? Are you excited to see more? Definitely. I'm definitely excited. I mean, you have all kinds of shows that have um, hair salons, you know. And it's time that, you know, the nail techs get representation for the positive work that they do. All the nail techs, put your hands up, ladies. You're doing a phenomenal job. And this is the result of your labor. So, yes, girl. Yes. You know, all those ladies. These are nail techs and these are nail nail ladies that get their nails done. But, yes, it's fierce. You know what I love so much is that you think it's such a such a challenge to work with. Like, most people would be like, must be so hard. But you're out there painting tiny things every day with these nails. So it's not like, you're like, bitch, it ain't that hard. I got this. <laughs> I can paint a tiny tree on your nail with these things. That's mind-blowing to most people, Maria, as you look at her nails... She does this on an everyday, regular basis. To create what she does, she has to live that life. So look at those nails. Give and it to them. Maria Pose. Tens across the board. Yes, you're getting it. But definitely. Thank you. That was beautiful. You're more than welcome. Thank you. It's from all of us. We love you, kid. Thank you, girls. I love y'all, too. We love you, kid. You know what I also liked about this is they had so many female characters, and they didn't make any of them dumb. There wasn't yeah, none of them are dumb. Even though they like, sort of start out suggesting that Karuchi trans character, Virginia, might be dumb, very quickly they... They're just like, you don't wear clothes. You don't know anything. Like, the amount of brain capacity we have is based on the amount of clothes we have on. Right. Like that doesn't that doesn't work in tandem like that. So well, everybody I, just assumes she was a dumb bitch. Yeah, but I also was wondering if part of the the outrageous clothes that are in the show has to do with the fact that it's set in South Florida. Do you yes. have can you tell us 
Is there a difference between nail goddesses in New Jersey and nail goddesses in South Florida? Or is there more that unite than divide? It might, it might be not. Um, individuality. Everybody's individuality, you know. I might like a certain style. Somebody else might not like another style. But it's individuality, so I respect that, you know? So, Maria and Nail Ladies also, when we did a story on you guys last year, it was sort of, this is an extreme subculture and that we're going de- to delve into and take pictures and ask, why do you do this? How do you do this? How do you live with these giant, amazing works of art, art in your hands? Now that there's a show like this that's incorporating like sick nails into the very fiber of the show. Do you think you guys have gone mainstream or do you think that you're still like a, a sassy subculture? No, they should have came up to me and I could have done that paper. Oh, uh, right. Yes, the because the nails are kind of mild. Well, you know what? Comparative. We live with these nails. They don't. So that's the difference between us. This is a lifestyle for us. This is, they put them on a couple of hours, do their set. Well, we don't. We live with this. We sleep with these. We take a shower with them. We clean our hiney with them. (laughs) But I give them that respect, you know, because overall, like I always said, it's about individuality and respect, you know? And that's all I got to say about that. I read an interview with Nishi Nash, and originally they were doing acrylics for the nails every time, but they would shoot like five different scenes, so they had to keep redoing the acrylic. Every time, because every time's a different color in that show. So half the day they're doing nails. So then the nail people started doing uh, press-ons, and they would just use those instead. Stunt which so much. There's got to be stunt nails. hands. But why didn't they just do that from the jump? I don't know. But now that they know that, I bet their nails are going to get so much better. Because they were, if you notice, they were all flat color every time. Well, the nails are not going to impress you that much. <laughs> but I, like, actually I know it's about a nail salon, but comparatively, the nails is trash. No, I wouldn't say that because when I saw the nails in They're the show... They're just long and flat color. No, but when she was doing like... The oh, there was the, one where she's dropping some pearls, but I'm sure that took No, like, well, she was dropping her. pearls, and there was ones with the dangly charms on them, and the only place I had ever seen nails that were really well, blinged out true. with jewels and charms and stuff was Maria, and so that's what made me email that's Maria true. to There's get two, you to come on, because that was like, feet. this is your world. I love it, and I, I love the whole scenery. I love, yes. This is your world. Now that there's, uh, that clause is coming out, do you think that there's going to be a reality show for the nail goddesses on the horizon? Have you been... Woo! I it see would that. be nice. It would be nice. I'm ready for it. Are y'all girls ready for it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Would you be... And this have, will be a real thing. That's right. This is not taped or nothing. It's reality. And because I just want to say... First, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover because I'm a product who's cut my nails and started them all over again. I was discriminated at work, asked to cut them, and boom, here you go. All over again. We do everything the same. One of the themes in Claws, setting it up, is sexism in the workplace. I, I feel like Desna is a true nail artist in the show, and she's looking for real estate, and she's trying to expand her business. And people are not taking her seriously. She's, she's in the crime underworld, sort of peripherally at first. 
And they're not taking her seriously there either. She's like, I did this crime for you. Where's my money? And people are blowing her off. And you're just talking about now a discrimination that you met in the workplace because of a very specific style choice that only women, as far as I know, women and drag queens make. So do you think that it's sexism that holds women back from expressing themselves while also working? Or do you think it's just like long nails aren't professional? No, I I don't buy that long nails are not professional because um, some of these professions, if your hair is too long, they want you to wear it pinned up. So you didn't say they can't do the job because their hair is long. You just said pinned it up. Well, if I can do the job and my nails are long, I haven't hurt anyone. I haven't um, not been. I type. Um, I can bathe. So, yes, I feel that it's, it stunts people in the world. It is. It is. It's not fair. Can you put a, a, you could put a medical glove over the nails, right? Yes, ma'am. I, I can draw so, blood. I administer medication. And to be honest with you, when it comes down to cleaning the baseboards on my house, you know, if I'm in my house, I don't need to put on gloves. I can scrub my baseboards with these nails. My house is clean. My toilet is clean. If you watch me, I'm always cleaning my nails. It's just natural. You know, as if you were clean your behind. People say stuff to me like, how you bathe? Well, this is three years of length. Do I stink? <laughs> I mean, it's some, of the, some of the questions are outrageous. Maria, I want to ask you, what, what do you think or hope is going to happen in this upcoming 10-episode season? You've seen the intro. What do you see coming down the line for Desna? And or what do you hope? is going to happen. Hopefully she gets her own salon. Yes, definitely. And, you know, under the circumstances that she's at, I hope she gets out of that. But um, I hope she struggles for that salon, like I said. And um, they need to bring me up in there so I can really twist all that program around, show them what we could really do. I actually don't hope she gets out of the circumstances she's in. Like, I hope that she t- gets all, like, Walter White, like, in Breaking Bad. Like, I want her to run the South Florida crime game. I want her to be, like, the absolute center of it, because that would be good TV for me. What about you, Callie? Okay. Well, I mean, how are they going to keep it going if they don't leave her in the... She's got to go, like, full weeds. She's got to start her own shit. She's got to have the nail salon and keep running money because of something else that they've got to hide. They can't keep seasons going if she doesn't get real wild. Nail goddesses in the house who have seen the show, what do you hope slash predict is going to happen? I would love to see the show expand. I I can see the depth of it. The depth of it where it can really get into the discrimination of, you know, our lifestyle, which we consider our long nail goddesses, um, a lot of sexual lifestyles, um, Orientations. There's just so many depths of it that I would love to see. Because it was plenty of um, sex in the first scene. Yes, there was. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Do you think (laughs) giant long nails would get in the way from running a crime? Ladies, y'all answer that question. Is that a problem? (laughs) No. Do wait, ladies, do you have a handle on that situation? Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) See, I let the ladies speak for themselves. I don't know if this is too much, but do you guys think you ever get fetishized for the nails? Like, are, 
Are there like a specific kind of dude that's like, oh, you a nail goddess? Yes. Yes. <laughs> can, can I? Yes, we get. Is this on? Yes, I'm one of the women that have had my nails the longest. I've had them 28 years now, long. So for 28 years, they didn't catch me until Maria started posting my pictures on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, because I will hide my face. You can see my nails. I will get the strangest requests for me to do stuff with my nails to certain people and certain body parts. Yeah. And like, no, get your own stuff. Find your own girl. I'm not doing that. We get some messages on Facebook that are, they want us to click on nails. That's one. They want us to hold up stuff like microphones. Oh, my God, if they see a microphone, they would die. And so, you know, a microphone, soda, you name it, they want us to hold it. So they want you to hold a cylindrical object any, with a, a banana nail hand. Kills them. Bananas, cucumbers, carrots, anything like that. How's it going? Knock them out. A variety Is there like of the produce? squishing of stuff? Because yes, you know there's like that whole fetish where people want you to wear a nice shoe and step on something. They like, they're very, we get so all kinds. Yeah, so they're like, squish a fruit. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, do people want you to type? It must be nice to be to that type. simple, you know? You can just watch a fruit get squashed and then you jizz in your pants. Like, <laughs> keeping it easy. So, Claws starts tomorrow at 9 p.m. Thank you so awesome. much to the Northside Festival so much. for having us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Maria! 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 So there you have it. That was us at the Northside Festival. Those ladies were amazing. Kicking out the jam. They were so friendly. They were so, so nice. And there was a huge photo uh, session afterwards in front of the mural. There was literally about an hour's worth of photo taking because everyone wanted to get shots. And their nails were so amazing. There was one with a little hand on it. <laughs> like a little hand charm. Thanks so much to the Northside for having us. And when we come back, we are going to ask each other... What you watching? This episode of Pop Tarts was produced in the Listening Booth. Check out this sneak peek of their shows and then head to listeningboothmedia.com to find out more about each one. This is What's Happening Here. I'm Katie Shepard, your host, and this season. I'm Terrence Mickey, and welcome to Memory Motel. I'm Julia Bainbridge, and welcome to The Lonely Hour, which I'm producing in partnership with The Listening Booth. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi. My name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. Now a grown woman with a supportive husband, Jillian is fine, but that comes after waiting through years of pain and confusion. I had been wrestling with this because I knew in the pit of my stomach that my fetish is not caused by childhood trauma, but it felt like my own life contradicted that. Matt, who was a big talker, big personality, loved to be the center of attention, was running away from having to be vulnerable. I don't know. It's like whenever we have this like fights or something, whenever I talk about this, it's like I have a shield in my hand and whenever this happens, I just put it up to protect myself. The Listening Booth. There's a story inside. Callie. Yes. What have you been watching? Well, I do want to talk a little bit back about Claws because there were some things that we didn't get to touch on. Okay. Um, 
So Niecy Nash's character, Denza. Denza? Desna. Desna. Um, she's a little racist. She says some racially inappropriate things against Kurushi Tran, who is Asian. There were some harsh things that I won't even repeat. I was like, what? That is rude. But I, I, I you know, I get that it's to build their character, but whew, that threw me for a loop. And um, then, oh, and uh, the guy from Oz plays her, the autistic brother. Right. Uh-huh. Isn't Harold... Harry, no. Yeah. He's from Lost also. I love that dude. That was awesome seeing him. I, we totally skipped over talking about that. Then, um, oh, I was I watched Witches of Eastwick again. Okay. The classic with Cher and who else is in? Susan Strandon, right? Yeah. And uh, there's one more amazing person in it. It's three amazing ladies. Is it Michelle Pfeiffer? Is she in is it? it? Maybe Michelle Pfeiffer. It was like oh, two weeks ago and I've already forgotten who it was. But um, watch that. And you know that tree thing with the gum stuck to it from Twin Peaks? Yes, from the new reboot of Twin Peaks. Yeah, which I am still not watching again. Um, at the end, uh, what is his face that plays the... Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. When they do the, they do this magic on him, and then he's like turns into this greasy... He shrivels. Yeah, it, it's like a greasy hair face that come, turns into like shrivels into a bulb of ginger. It reminded me very much of the tree. Of the, the I think it's called the arm, right? Yeah, the arm or whatever. Uh-huh. So that was a nice, that, that was like, I had completely forgotten that ginger shrivel scene. Yeah, I saw it I until you brought it up. Um, I also watched this movie called Fist Fight, um, which, I don't, have you heard of it? No. It just came out last year. And this is the lineup of actors. Ice Cube. Whoa. Charlie Day. Whoa. Tracy Morgan. Whoa. Jillian Bell. Whoa. Christina Hendricks. Whoa. But you never heard of it because it's a terrible movie. Wow. It is like such the plot line is like two teachers that decide to fight after class and it's like So No. Yeah. And it's like Tracy Morgan's I think it's his first movie back, so you think this would be like a huge deal. With such a good cast, you would think that they could get it together, but apparently not. It was trash, man. It was trash. I, I mean, we we assumed it would be trash when we went in to watch it because how could you have that lineup and have not, nobody and see nobody it. know about it? So we knew we were probably getting into trash, but with that, that lineup, we. But you watched the whole thing. Yeah, not. Mm-mm. It was it was a total it's bummer. A shame. But Tracy Morgan was amazing in it. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back too. Um, and then I watched the show, which I'm sure you will love, called Killer Kids. Killer Kids, which is this particular episode I saw was about kids that kill. Because of the occult. Is this Hulu or Netflix? I don't remember. One of them? One of them. And um, this one kid kills these people and his parents try to ba- blame the band Slayer. How old is the kid-ish? Elementary school, junior high school, high school. There was like one was really, it was like three kids that I killed. And I think this particular kid was middle school. Okay. They buried in age. I think the youngest one was eight in the wow. show. Yeah. That's very young to kill. Um, But anyway, so the ba- parents tried to blame the band Slayer and um, saying that the, the kids killed because they were so impressionable and they shouldn't be able to buy that music. And me, uh, I was just like, oh, Jesus, like, come on, be an adult and watch, pay attention to what your kids watch and, mm-hmm. and listen to, you know, and don't let your kids listen to 
music about killing people if you're worried that they're going to kill people, you know? Listening to music about killing people does not make you kill people. Well, then, after that, I watched this movie called Dumb, the story of Big Brother. And Big Brother was skateboard magazine. Skateboard magazine from back in the um, early, early 90s. And... Um, coincidentally, Slayer is also in this documentary because they take Slayer to Disneyland, which was awesome. But so Slayer can be life affirming as well. Yes, except there was a part in this uh, documentary where they were talking about how they did a story where it's like how to do a kickflip, how to um do an ollie, how to kill yourself, and it was supposed to be like a joke. Yeah, because they push the boundaries a lot in that magazine, and I think that's a funny joke. Except this magazine was, you know. For kids, for kids. Market it. A, a bunch of kids ride that, read that magazine that are like 13, and it gave very detailed instructions on how to kill yourself. Rude. And while we were do, while they were in the documentary, they were like, we thought it was hilarious. Then would we do that now as a like adults with children? No, I can't believe we printed that shit. Right. So back to back, I'm like, uh, I sort of see where the lady was coming from, but also I, I totally think the fault is on the parents. Like, pay attention to your children. Yeah. So there was that. It's a really good documentary, The Dumb, The Story of Big Brother, especially if you're into uh, publishing, independent publishing. It was mm. fascinating. They did an interview with Dio, and they had this guy that was, like, famous for, for like, being a real dick during interviews, like, to interview people, and he would always, like, try to really piss people off so he could get, like... As an interviewer? Yeah. Okay. And, um... During the Dio interview, they, like, gave a list of things not to ask Dio, and he asked all those things, but Uh he also constantly kept talking about how short he was, and he was, like, he was, like, how do they make you look so tall in music videos and stuff like that, and Dio almost punched him out and totally left the interview, like, pissed off. That was hilarious. Um, It was between two ferns before Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, it was amazing. Um... Let's see what else. Oh, and then I saw um, the documentary Get Me Roger Stone. Have you seen that one yet? On no, Netflix? but I know that Bust Editor-in-Chief Debbie Stoller has been telling everyone to watch it. Yeah, it basically talks about how Roger Stone created Trump as a politician. And he's they had been plotting for Trump to run for president since the 80s. And this has all been a long plan in the works. And it's terrifying. I know that's on Netflix now. Yeah, and it, it was definitely eye-opening. Um, Roger Stone, he just wants to be famous in any way. So he totally contributed to the documentary. And he wants it to make him look like a monster. He's out there to look like a terrible human being. He feels like fame is what you should aspire for, not how you get there, or not what you're famous for. And he said politics is for is fame for ugly people. So... <laughs> So is podcasting, girl. (laughs) So he was like, it was totally fascinating. Um, There's, they talked a lot about like, um, Spencer was in it a lot and how he like was part of the uh, downfall of Spencer, Um, which reminded me of when Spencer got busted for sleeping with all those prostitutes. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my dad on the phone and he made some really funny dick joke about Spencer. I couldn't, I can't remember what it is now, but I laughed so hard. I walked into a mailbox (laughs) and then I had to get off the phone because I just, as soon as I hit the mailbox, I turned around and saw that there were these two people next to me on the sidewalk. And one was a very, very tall, very 
neon dressed drag queen and she was wearing like a neon bra with actual balloons for boobs and neon platform shoes and neon pink long nails like not extreme as claws but pretty pretty long and and like the shirt was like barely over the bottom of the balloons that's how you could tell it was balloons and super super short shorts with fishnets and she was with a very petite butch lesbian and she turns to the the petite one and she goes girl I think this outfit may be too much for the daylight (laughs) (laughs) and then shortly after that like I barely made it a couple sidewalk stops there was a guy in a wheelchair with two casts on his feet and he had the toes cut off and he had what I believe may be that disease that they call it like the human tree disease or whatever where Whoa. you get the warts all over your body that make it look like you're growing branches. Yeah. So that or was like bark. I have a very vivid memory of the day that Spencer got in trouble. Okay, so like where where in New York did all these things happen in rapid succession? It was over on 23rd Street and um, I forget what Manhattan Avenue. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. I mean Manhattan. It was like when we had the old office. I okay. was going to get some food. Lower Manhattan. Yep. It, that was a day. And um, when they talked about the elections rolling in on the thing, I totally got triggered and started thinking about Trump and getting all upset again because I remembered how upset we were all, all were in the office mm-hmm. and like how traumatizing that day was. The day after the election, the bust office was awash in tears. Yes, there was funeral hats. It was definitely a rough day. Also, Roger Stone has a giant Nixon back tattoo. I would just like to drop Ew, that Ew, sick, really? Yeah. Did he do it on a dare? No, he loves Nixon. He's like obsessed with Nixon. Fine. <laughs> he worked on the Nixon campaign. He's, he's a maniac. You really got to watch that doc- documentary. And then I also saw that movie Raw. Raw. Raw, which is... Lady horror. Yeah, so directed by a woman, uh, Julian Duke. I don't know how to say your last name. Um, And everybody told me it was going to be really gory and I would love it. It's about uh, this girl that was a vegetarian and cannibalism and stuff. But I'll tell you one thing. Not enough gore. Not enough gore. People were getting physically ill when it screened at, I think like, that's just Sundance because of the concept of eating a person it really was not that much gore like whenever they would go to eat the person they would cut away and so you don't you barely see any any like actual of the eating like they they insinuate that they're going to eat it and then there's some blood but you're not seeing any intestines being pulled out you're not seeing digging in the flesh you're seeing like going to bite and then blood on the face after I have not baby, seen baby blood raw yet i plan on it but i would like to say that female-centric cannibalism movies written and directed by women starring women is a good direction for films to go in and i i endorse it even though i haven't seen it i endorse it but don't treat us like little pussy babies we can handle some real gore got it so if you're gonna make a lady cannibal movie make it as gory show me as sh- show them eating them okay. you know so i was a little let down by that that's about what i'm watching well all right what you watching I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) The first thing I want to tell you that I've been watching is, I believe we have spoken about this, but maybe not, that I have a lady boner for Leonard Nimoy. I have no idea who he is. He plays Mr. Spock on the original Star Trek. Oh, of course. We have discussed that I do not. I've I've never Star Trek. Okay. So Leonard Nimoy is from the original Star Trek. He plays the OG Vulcan, Mr. Spock, and I have a lady boner for him. I do know what he looks like now. Fair enough. He eyebrows, had this right? show. Eyebrows, exactly. 
Um, he had this other show, not Star Trek, um, that, you know, I think that he was hired for off, off of his fame that burgeoned after Star Trek and is called In Search Of. And the show was on from 1977 to 1982. And many, many, many of the episodes... Wait a minute. So when was Star Trek made then? 60s. Oh, all right. <laughs> and uh, no idea. the show's called In Search Of is on YouTube. And um, it's this documentary anthology series hosted by Leonard Nimoy where he like talks to all kind of different scientists about the world's mysteries and it's really like far reaching like he'll have one episode that's all about ESP and then he'll have another episode about when is the next earthquake gonna strike like the <laughs> next mega earthquake and will we all will all of California fall into is the that sea a mystery does that count that's just well like science. you know there's people trying to figure to figure it out and it's not an exact science so like there's ESP and then there's like real scientists doing stuff like seismology and then there's other episodes about the mummy's curse Ooh. that happened after the excavation of the valley of the kings and he did one on stonehenge there's so many of them out there on youtube and i just like he's f- rocking full-on 70s many hues of brown couture we're talking brown about butterfly collars we're talking about uh a lot of blazers and corduroys <laughs> and i perv out majorly on the show and I love it okay so second of all that I wanted to tell you that my new favorite podcast besides this one which is the greatest podcast of all time is the new podcast called never before with Janet Mock ah yeah who's also in the new bust magazine Janet Mock is in the new issue of bust magazine out now and she also has a brand new podcast and uh if you don't if you're not familiar with janet mock she is a trans activist she is a pundit she is a writer uh she's an all-around smart and fascinating lady and lena dunham and her whole lenny crew are producing a new podcast called never before with janet mock and there's three episodes out at the at the time that we're recording this podcast and they're all really good she talks to tina knowles mother of solange and beyonce i love that she talks to rowan blanchard who's like the teen queen of activism you know might know her from the disney channel but she has like millions of instagram followers and she's all about that feminism yeah they had a great talk about activism and she also talks to california rep maxine waters oh whoa. so she's really knocking it out of the park doing some really great interviews and i highly recommend it uh, I also, Callie, need to thank you for putting me in the direction of Miss Eve's Thunder Thighs video. Yes! It's the best, especially if you're a full-figured gal such as myself and you need some affirming tunes to jam out to. This is going to be the song of the summer for you. Chub, rub, the day is just heating up. So what? These boy shorts are inching up. Thick thigh sundress, I'm looking good. It's called Thunder Thighs. In the video, there's such a cute little girl who looks like me when I was little and around. And there's a whole gang of full-figured women bouncing around Brooklyn, like, doing their thing. Miss Eves is a Brooklyn-based rapper. And I listened to it while I was getting ready for our live podcast, and I felt like I had thick thighs and a sundress. And yes. I was looking good. So, and you were looking lovely. Thank you. Another great video that you sent my way this week was... Delish with her song Black Excellence. Yes, shout outs to Rusty Laser for uh, cueing me to that. Rusty Laser's a friend 
a bus friend from uh, New Orleans. He's a DJ. And sometimes he sends me some really good New Orleans up-and-comers. And Delish is definitely an excellent New Orleans up-and-comer. Bitch, I'm the best, no contest. Zipping up my vest, that's combat. Rolling up the next, that ganja. Biting off the M. Mike Tyson. Frosty motherfucker. That video is so bad. There's also a tiny person, like a young little girl in there. There is, yeah. And it's kind of creepy, too. Yeah. The, the video is tough. Video she is looks tough. tough. Yeah. I also wanted to mention to you briefly that there's a show that Barbara Walters did for the ID Network called Barbara Walters Presents American Scandals. And now it's on Hulu. Ooh, Barbara and- Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> I love Barbara Wawa. Barbara Wawa. American Scandals. So... <laughs> The thing that they do is there's a, each one is a 60 minute episode. They go back to like a time when Barbara Walters got to interview someone that was involved in a crazy crime. And they go back. She talks about like all the drama that was surrounding her initial interview with that person. They show parts of the original interview. They also show like outtakes and behind the scenes stuff that weren't ever shown. And then when and if possible, she does follow up interviews. This sounds awesome. From the world of today. I want to ask you what I asked you 10 years ago. Was it worth it? Like, we're talking about the hits. We're talking about the Menendez brothers, Jim Baker, Mary Kay Letourneau and Billy Falau. Who are they? That was the woman who was the junior high teacher who had sex with the 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. And they were just in the news recently because... Um, okay, so if you weren't aware of this case, it happened in Washington State many years ago. I want to say 20 years ago. This very, it became more sensationalized because the teacher was so very beautiful and people were, were like, oh, if I was a 12 year old kid and my hot teacher wanted to have sex with me, I would have been psyched. You know what? Fuck off. It was child abuse. And yeah, people like, get out of here with that shit. People got like so horny about it, which is, I think is gross. She, was already the mother of... Hot rapists are still rapists. I want to say three or four kids. She's a teacher in Washington State. And she, on Barbara Walters, she was, like, giggling, remembering how, like, her 12-year-old student was in love with her and how, Ugh. like, she just couldn't... Re- their, their, theirs was a love that could not be denied. And I was like, you're a rapist. Stop giggling. Shut up. So, like, she couldn't stay away from him. He got her pregnant. She went... That is a child. She went to jail whilst pregnant gave birth got out of jail got back with the kid got right? back with the kid got pregnant again how long how much time was it after you got out of prison that you were in contact with billy oh a day a week? not too many hours after the no contact order was lifted and they got married right yes they eventually once he turned 18 and she got out she was in jail for seven years they got, and his mom had to raise those kids for seven years. And then she got married. Then they got married once he turned 18. So they were married for like, I want to say somewhere between 10 and 15 years. That's a married. long time. So now Billy Falau is in his thirties and he's like finally getting to start his life away from his rapist. They yeah. have two teenage daughters. It's wild. Ugh. It's so wild. Orange is the New Black is back. The prison riot is both wacky and disturbing. It goes from wacky, wacky riots. If this is a real riot, do you think this is a step forward or backwards for equality? It goes from wacky to like 
sexually violating their uh per their uh corrections officers and i missed that how did i miss that well i mean i wouldn't say sexually violating i would say like vile like bodily violating them i think i must have been <laughs> talking through that we're gonna, ta- we're gonna talk about more more about oranges and new black on future episodes oh, we watch the, the riot and see i totally spoof missed that part but yeah, it's 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 back, and it's a, a strange combination of of real violence and silliness. That's almost <laughs> you know gives you the bends. But I'm into it. I can't wait to watch all of it. In a future show, we're gonna talk it out. Mm-hmm. Handmaid's Tale has just concluded. I am excited that they have renewed it for another season, especially because the very end of the very last episode was really weird and anticlimactic. Oh. Like if they. Had, ended it I want to say like five or ten minutes earlier it would have been like Mwah! perfecto but um I still haven't been able to watch it because you know it's a very sad show and nobody will sit through it with me it's worth it definitely watch it to the end be ready for when it comes back I'm trying I'm here for that more there's, than I'm here for there's some life-affirming for sure. shit in the last episode but then they did sort you of... see the pro there's a bunch of women that dressed as the handmaid's tale for a protest against the abortion clin- uh anti-abortion group in Ohio, I believe it was. I saw photos of that. It's a definitely a potent image to use for protest. I'm yeah. glad it's out there. And basically, that is what I've been watching. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, it was great. talking with you, as always. Thank you so much to the Nail Goddesses of New Jersey. Oof, I live for them. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you for coming to our very first live show. Hopefully there will be more live shows. They kept distracting me. I would see charms dangling, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. What is going on your nails? <laughs> Thanks so much to our producer, Rachel Withers. You were so Woo! ride or die with us at our live show. Thanks, girl. And um, our pals at the listening booth, Terrence Mickey and T- Katie Shepard, as well as our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. You can also email both of us. I'm at Emily Rems at Bust.com. Callie W at Bust.com. You can find out more about Bust at Bust.com. And finally, <laughs> read the magazine. Read the magazine and please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. You don't want us to resort to a life of crime like the women <laughs> in Claws because. We're not on the iTunes charts yet because you guys haven't rated and reviewed us yet. It's free to do. It's quick. It's easy. And it will make our dreams come true if you rate and review us on iTunes. Drop that rating. So please do it. It really helps us get the word out. And we super duper appreciate it. That's all for now. Mwah.